The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast. I'm Clay Link here with Rotowire.com's lead prospect writer, James Anderson. Great to be back talking prospects with you, James. Another year of the Rotowire Prospect Pod. This should be great. Uh, how are you doing, man? I'm pretty tired, but uh, <laughs> feeling very relieved to have this update in the books. Um, yeah. Still a lot of work to do with the magazine and everything, but uh, good feels good to be done with that. Fresh top 400 up at rotowire.com, rotowire.com slash free for a 10-day trial. Uh, the top 200 of these in the magazine, and that has been our focus. Um, you know, we decided to push the magazine back a little bit just as we waited to see if we could, you know, learn anything about the start of the season, the universal DH, what have you. And I'm glad we did that because a lot of dominoes fallen in recent days, so we can update to account for that information. But I'm with you, man, just... Just uh, grinding on this magazine. Hope you all will check it out, rotowire.com slash magazine for yours. It's the only place to get it this year. It will not be sold on newsstands. Uh, we are, by the way, on YouTube now. 
the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. And uh, I don't know if you can see it, but I have my Draft Slayer tee on. So thanks to Rotowire for that. I think most people, though, would call me a Draft Delayer this week. <laughs> I feel feel bad about that. But just missing, whiffing on picks and timing out. I've been distracted by the mag, but I feel terrible about it. That's not usually your thing either. Um, Blowing it. You're usually pretty prompt, but, I mean, you just got so much on your plate right now. It's understandable. Well, I'm not trying to put myself up on the cross or anything, but uh, you just lose track of time. (laughs) And uh, I always used to get mad at people for that, James. Now I'm the a-hole. Live long enough to see yourself become the the a-hole in drafts. Uh, But, yeah, this Top 400 update, uh, the first thing you wanted to throw out was just to not maybe read too much into the up down arrows. Do you want to explain your your thinking and and throwing that out there? Yeah, there's just you know there's a lot of guys who have uh, either an up arrow, down arrow, whatever. Um, and I mean, I know people love those. I, they're obviously very helpful tools. But um, in I would say at least fifty percent of cases, a guy didn't do anything negative since the last update to warrant a down arrow or didn't um i mean in it with the up arrows maybe they they did but um my opinion maybe just about their ceiling may have changed or uh just enough guys moved up ahead of them that they have a down arrow um so i just you know don't don't tweet at me like why does so-and-so have a down arrow like he hasn't done anything and like yeah i know, I know he hasn't done anything um but um uh, my <laughs> opinion of them has, my opinion of them has um maybe just shifted um without them actually doing anything i just i've maybe come to the conclusion through writing their outlook or, or something like that that uh, maybe i was too high on them um I what you mean though so, like the cheat sheet i managed sorry to just jump in but you know i I have those up-down arrows now, too, and I'll be like, what? I didn't really lower this guy. But it is like, you know, if you bump certain, you know, a certain number of guys up, some guys will get just stuck with that, that down arrow, and you didn't really adjust their spot necessarily. Right. So uh, there's, there's definitely a lot of cases where those arrows are meaningful and someone did something um, to, to justify going up or going down. But um, don't just, like, stare at the arrows and be like, why, why the heck is that guy moving down? Um, because in a lot of cases, their their value really hasn't changed much. Now, when we kicked off Farm Friday on SiriusXM last week, we had, had Ralph Lifshitz of Prospects Live on the show. That was a lot of fun talking with him. Check that out on the SiriusXM app if you want more of uh, James and I. We had two hours last week and two hours every Friday and Saturday moving forward. When we talked with Ralph, he mentioned that Prospects Live now has Jared Kelnick as their number one prospect. And while you have Wander Franco still as number one, James, it sounds like this top five is pretty well bunched up. Franco is not like in a tier of his own. Is that correct? Yeah, I think it's a it's not a great year if you're doing a like startup dynasty where you draft minors separately from majors. It's not a good great year to have the number one pick uh, in that type of a thing. It's just um every prospect class is a little bit different and i think this is one where uh i think the strength of this prospect list is sort of these first 20 or so hitters uh but it's not necessarily the very top like wander franco who i have one julio rodriguez who i have two marco luciano jared kalanick cj abrams 
like if anyone wanted to say you should have this guy number one, I wouldn't really fight you on it. Uh, I think they they all have a case. Um, I recently moved C.J. Abrams up to five uh, just because someone actually commented. I forget who it was, but um, they they sort of asked if you had to bet on one prospect to someday be the consensus number one overall pick in fantasy, uh, would CJ Abrams have the best case? And I said, yeah, actually, I think that's a pretty good read of it. I I don't um, feel confident enough in him, given that he has barely played it at full season ball, but um, he has the type of tools that could translate to being the number one overall pick, um, probably more so than the four guys I have ahead of him. Um, But, I think he's probably also the the riskiest of those five, so that's why he's fifth. But um, you know, I think Rodriguez and Luciano are just um, so uh, rock solid in terms of batting average and power, and I'm just extremely confident in those guys uh, becoming top, you know, ten fantasy outfielder or outfielders in, in Rodriguez's case and. You know, Marco Luciano could be a 40-homer shortstop. Um, and Kalanick's, Kalanick's great, too. I just I don't feel confident enough in any one of his tools becoming incredible. Um, I think he's kind of more just kind of good at everything. But You haven't maybe, seen enough uh, BP maybe, video, it sounds like. Well, <laughs> I mean, I do remember that one where he, uh, what did he hit, like a Frisbee or whatever with the baseball. Oh, yeah, that was pretty impressive. That did bump yeah, him up but, our rankings. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you can't take that away from him. But, um, I mean, all, all five of those guys are awesome. But the uh, the gap, there's not much of a gap at all between Wander Franco and the guys uh, just below him. Mariners fans have a lot to look forward to with those two top five prospects in all of baseball. And um, for your ETA, you know, you were, we're expecting, most anyway, are expecting Wander Franco, Kelnick to debut this year. You do have julio rodriguez's eta at 2021 obviously a guess but what's your level of confidence in that uh, eta for julio rodriguez um maybe 55 (laughs) percent like i i think it's it's close to a coin flip um he probably needs to have he really needs to lay the groundwork probably in in april and may um i think he's talented enough to do that i mean i think he could very well be one of their best hitters in big league camp this spring um and so if if he can kind of force the issue by june uh early july i think that they will start his clock uh but if you know if he suffers an injury or something like that early in the season or just is a little slow to get going then it's it's probably 2022 yeah i like him quite a bit in those 50 round draft and holds on the nfbc uh, but you may get a zero out of them. So, you know, if others want to prioritize depth on the roster, I get that. But the upside uh, for, for a guy going that late in a 50-rounder is pretty nice. Uh, James, anybody who's been following your prospect rankings for a while will know that you emphasize bats. You know, anybody playing in a dynasty league, it's pretty simple. But you want to prioritize the, the top bats. And uh, the arms obviously carry a lot of risk, even as exciting as they could look coming up through the system. And with your latest update, you actually have 21 hitters before your first pitcher. Uh, how do you feel about the the pitchers in the minors right now, and who is your number one? Um, 
I am not in love with the, like, I think it's a very deep crop of pitching prospects and I'm not afraid to go after these guys. Like I'm doing a dynasty startup right now and I've got, uh, I think I've drafted 11 pitching or maybe 12 pitching prospects so far. And we're like around, uh, the 55th round or something like that. So I'm not afraid to draft pitching prospects, but I don't think you should be going after the top guys. Um, there's just, there are so many great pitching prospects that are going to fall for one reason or another, uh, in a draft. Um, you don't, you don't want to pay a uh, full sticker on a guy like Sixto Sanchez, even though he is, uh, my favorite pitching prospect in the game. Um, he's got proximity on his side. I think he's got upside on his side, um, but you know, he could, he could need Tommy John surgery before the season even starts. That applies to every single pitching prospect on here. Um, except for the guys that are recovering from Tommy John surgery already. Um, there's just so much volatility involved. Anyone who, you know, like I was definitely too low on guys like Ian Anderson last year, but I was also, I think, probably the only person telling people to pump the brakes on guys like uh, Mackenzie Gore and Nate Pearson. And I think if you uh, had kind of been following most of my pitching prospect advice last year, uh, I think you would have come out more ahead than, than behind on stuff like that. I mean, it's just people get super excited and they want to kind of find that next young ace. But even if you look at the pitchers who are kind of becoming aces or have, have proven that they are aces, uh, guys like Shane Bieber, um, just, you know, a lot of those guys that are going, uh, near the top of, of, uh, redraft leagues on the pitching side, like they all kind of have a different story. Um, like Shane Bieber was never, uh, a big time pitching prospect. And, um, there's just, there's guys that come from like all different spots of the prospect rankings that end up be, becoming SP ones, SP twos. Um, those, those elite young hitters, uh, they're much, much easier to kind of peg. And so I think, uh, you know, obviously some of the pitching prospects I have ranked behind those first 21 hitters are going to end up becoming better fantasy players than, than a few of the hitters. But, uh, on average, I think you're better off sort of building around those, those young hitters that I have ranked ahead of, uh, Sixto Sanchez and Mackenzie Gore. Yeah, when you're in a long-term league, you want to just maximize your hit rate. And it's just math that over a long enough period of time, you're going to have a better hit rate on on hitters than pitchers. And um, you could really dig yourself a hole if you overspend in the draft or in a trade on on those upside young arms. We've seen so many of them, you know, whether it be due to injury or just the high bar of competition, just fizzle out. Uh, Mackenzie Gore, we just don't know what's going on with them, but they've added quite a few additions. Does that speak, do you think, to, to where they stand on Gore? Do you think they look at him as uh, you know not really a, a guy they expect much from this year? Uh, I just think that they don't want to have to be relying on him to help them. Um, if he's healthy and he's pitching up to his potential, there will be a rotation spot for him at some point this season. I don't think that that's, I mean, like Denilson Lamette, who knows how many innings they're going to get from him. Um, Joe Musgrove typically doesn't uh, last a full season. Um, Blake Snell comes with injury concerns. Hugh Darvish is super old. So 
you know, there's going to be starts to be had um, for guys like Gore if they're ready and if they're healthy, but I just don't think they want to go into the season needing Mackenzie Gore to have a good year for them. Yeah, they got their sights set high, and that's probably smart. Uh, we'll see if, if they get really anything out of him, if he becomes a fantasy factor this year, Mackenzie Gore. Now, at the start of the show, James, you mentioned don't read too much, don't overanalyze the up-down arrows because there's been a lot of shuffling around. Uh, but one guy with two two arrows up, a real riser, Luis Matos in the Giants organization. Outfielder, only 18 years old. Um, you're kind of saying here with this ranking, now's the time to go out and trade for this guy, acquire this guy because he could be the next you know, top top prospect, one of the most highly touted guys just a little bit down the road. Yeah. Um, he's a, he's been sort of a hit tool guy uh, with, with some speed for a while who's sort of looked like maybe a, a leadoff guy, but uh, added some strength uh, this past year, looked really good in instructs. And he kind of reminds me, like everyone talks about Marco Luciano, rightfully so. He's, he's arguably the best prospect in the game. Um, but I feel like Matos is kind of the Bo Bichette to Luciano's Vlad Guerrero, where like Luciano's going to get all the hype, and then by the time they get to the big league level, there might not be much of a gap between the two because um, Luciano's just kind of that classic run producer, like number three, number four hitter who's going to hit a ton of homers and hit for a high average. Uh, but Matos is is more of sort of the five category guy, uh, maybe a number two hitter who hits twenty plus homers, steals twenty bases, hits for a high average, and obviously we want to see it um, against more advanced pitchers in games that count. Uh, but I do I do think he's trending towards being a top ten prospect sooner than later. So I would uh, you know if you can go out and trade for him, great. I mean I'm sure that whoever has him in your league is is not going to be uh, looking to to deal him, but um, might be worth just sort of seeing seeing what's out there. Yeah. By the way, you mentioned Vlad Jr. in passing. I guess the third base thing is officially dead, huh? After they added Marcus Semien. Uh, R.I.P. to your rowdy Telez shares early on. I know. I'm, I'm still tra- I'm still <laughs> trading for him. If you can, if you can trade for Rowdy in Dynasty, I'd go get him. Somebody uh, suggested Rowdy to the Rockies. Could you imagine that? It'd be amazing. But right behind Luis Matos on your top 400 prospect rankings, again, rotowire.com slash free to check these out for yourself without a subscription, 10 days on us. Uh, Hedbert Perez, another teenager. What do you what do you like about Perez so much? Um, you know, he's kind of the exact same deal as, as Matos, where just a really strong summer for him um, developmentally. Like, I think he... He kind of got a leg up on a lot of his peers by getting to go to the Brewers alternate training site. Um, he's he's another guy that's got five category potential and uh, really someone who has just been just up arrows kind of next to his name um, for over a year now. Just nothing negative. Uh, everything you read, everything you, you hear is just extremely glowing about Hedbert Perez and uh he hasn't played an official pro game yet, um, but Jason Dominguez hasn't played an official pro game yet either. And I think that Perez has really kind of uh, distinguished himself as the second best guy from that 2019 uh, J2 class, at least for Dynasty. Like if you're if you're kind of uh, trying to roster one of those guys and hoping that it really hits big for you, I think Perez would be my my number two pick at this point behind uh, Jason Dominguez. 
Awesome. Well, we got to pause for a quick second as we bring you a word from our friends over at Monkey Knife Fight. Now that your season-long fantasy basketball and fantasy hockey leagues have started, this is a great time to check out our friends at Monkey Knife Fight, the fastest-growing site in daily fantasy. The NHL and NBA are in full swing, and NFL playoffs are here. The time is now to take advantage of the 100% instant match up to $50 on your first deposit by using the promo code ROTOWIRE. Visit monkeyknifefight.com and use promo code R-O-T-O-W-I-R-E today. James, Wilman Diaz, you're going to see the up-down arrows, but he's the rare case inside the top 200 where it's a plus symbol next to him, meaning he was added to your top 400. So this guy, in his first appearance on your list, all the way up at 43, Wilman Diaz, not a player I'm very familiar with. What can you tell us about him? Yeah, I think he's the best of this uh, class of international free agents that signed on January 15th. Um, just a, a beautiful, explosive swing um, from the, the video that's, that's out there. I mean, he kind of, it's so loose and so easy and, and the bat speed so uh, incredible. It, it kind of reminds me of like... Um, you know, there's a little bit of Ronald Acuna there. There's some like Hanley Ramirez there, just in terms of um, like how easy he makes it look. And I, I just think he's he's got kind of everything I look for in an international guy. Um, like six two, one seventy. I uh, don't think he's going to get too big. Um, you know, shortstop is probably the most likely spot for him, but I think he the bat would probably play anywhere and. You know, he could easily, um, you know, this this could end up looking too high, uh, but he also could be the number one prospect in Dynasty um, in like two years. So, like, I, I think you have to be aggressive on guys like this. Uh, if you're not aggressive on them, if you want to just kind of say, hey, look, he hasn't played a game yet. He's, he's not even 18 years old. Uh, I'm going to kind of wait and see. Um, that's that's fine, and I, I I'm not going to, try to talk you out of that necessarily but it just sort of means you're never gonna roster those types of guys you're never gonna roster the wander franco or the marco luciano or the julio rodriguez types um you're just gonna be late to the party so um you can still have success by avoiding these types of guys but i I think he's someone worth getting aggressive about like i don't have him ranked in front of any any hitting prospects that i think are sure thing like top 100 overall picks in their prime so, yeah, you might be uh, sacrificing a little bit of safety, but I think one one big misnomer is that like a hitting prospect who is maybe 45th overall or like 55th overall is is somehow safe in any way. Like even though they're a hitter, they're, the bust rate on those guys is still fairly high. Um, so I just think you have to look at that as everyone in that range is risky to some degree. And I think Diaz has, has a chance to be the number one overall prospect in, in a couple of years. Man, Dodgers just keep getting richer. As a fan of any other team, it's it's annoying. Just stop being so good at baseball evaluation. Uh, by the way, I think the Dodgers spent more to acquire Wilman Diaz's services than the Reds have spent. The entire NL Central spent this offseason. That's frustrating. Um, <laughs> the, entire, the entire NL Central. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it feels like I mean, yeah, you, you might be right. I mean, they signed what the Cubs signed Austin Romine, and well, the, the Brewers have been handing out uh, 
and our ideals. Um, so, I mean, Wilman Diaz got what two point eight mil. I think that that is more than yeah, every every team in the Central has spent so far in free agency. James, when we were doing uh, Farm Friday last week, you were in the midst of a dynasty mock, right? I think that's it was a mock, but uh, I, no, it's a it's a it's a it's actually a high stakes. Oh, that's uh, right, it is high stakes. I I was I had in my head that you were doing uh, some sort of mock, but yeah, at the time you took Matthew Allen. You were explaining that pick. You kind of sold me on him, made me want to go out and, and trade for him. But Michael Bush, Chris Rodriguez, others along with Matthew Allen that are trending up. Um, do you have a preference from these three? Like, uh, is is Allen your guy? Um, you know, it's kind of just, do you want to go hitter pitcher? Um, Bush isn't really going to provide any defensive value. Like he might be sort of a Max Muncy type who gets eligibility at a couple positions, but it's really sort of all about the bat with him. Um, you know, I think baseball America said he was the most impressive hitter during the Arizona or during the fall instructs which is saying a lot because there was probably more talent at fall instructs this year than, than almost any past year because of the amount of developmental time these guys are trying to make up. Um, so he's, he's trending way up. Uh, but Allen, I mean, Allen has, you know, he could be the number one pitching prospect in the game in like a year. Uh, he's just got kind of everything you look for size, velocity, off speed stuff is all, is all there. I mean, the commands there, um, you kind of just want to put him in bubble wrap and get him to the big leagues before something happens to his arm because, like, I just I don't really see any performance reason why he wouldn't be awesome. Um, but that doesn't mean that things can't go south. Um, but I think if you want to, you know, he's outside the top fifty, but I think at that point it's it's worth rolling the dice on him. Very nice. By the way. Um... Rumors about Josh Hader, just as a you know, you mentioned the Brewers and uh, just been hearing chirps about him maybe getting moved. So uh, weird time in the Central, by the way. Just uh, don't know who's going to emerge. Who's really trying now? Well, as yeah. as a Brewers fan, like that's one where I could either be really ecstatic that they trade him or really pissed off, depending on what the haul is. So. Um, Seems like the Yankees were gearing up to add somebody else. I think they have a 40-man spot open, but uh, we, we shall see on that. Now, in our outline here, you uh, you make a, an interesting comp here. You say Ryan Weathers is the pitching version of Alex Kirloff. Do you want to explain that? Yeah, you know, I mean, we, we talk so much about Kirloff getting that um, – first official big league at bat in the postseason and how he just looked like he belonged and everything like that. Um, Ryan Weathers made his first uh, MLB appearance in the postseason last year for the Padres. And oh, I didn't realize I that. thought, I thought he looked just as, as at home in a big league uniform as Kirilov did. And um, just, was really impressive. I mean, the, the stuff's been ticking up for him. I think he, he went from sort of low nineties to mid nineties with the fastball just by getting in better shape last off season. And I think he got that taste of the big leagues last year. And I really don't think it's going to be long before he's back. Um, you know, I, I think Mackenzie Gore is certainly the favorite among their pitching prospects to lead the team in starts. 
this year, but I wouldn't be surprised if Weathers made more starts than Gore. I mean, I think he's he's uh, probably a few months away from being a guy that I think could could get guys out as a, as a big league starter. Um, I think the ceiling is debatable with Weathers, but really good command, um, two good off-speed pitches. Uh, yeah, I think as, as long as that fastball velocity holds, it's kind of like a mid-90s pitch for him going forward. Um, I think he could be a guy that sort of surprises people by by how good he is. Uh, he's got that kind of number three, number four starter tag some places, but I, I could see him just being so good with the command and pitchability that he pitches more like a number two. So uh, he's been a big riser as well. Very nice. I've been trying to, I've only done, I think this is my second paid draft that I'm in right now, but I've been trying to get Kirloff everywhere and I'm two for two so far. Uh, He's your 10th ranked prospect. We've talked about it and how the glowing reports from the alternate site uh, were just outstanding and he debuted in the postseason as you said it was kind of an sos the twins sent him he was unable to to end that long postseason uh losing streak by himself uh can't hold that against him but what do you think about uh kirloff and his 2020 redraft 2021 redraft uh price do you think maybe i'm getting a little carried away am i think leaning too much on the narrative that he was so good batting 800 obviously not realistic but uh am i getting am I putting too much stock into the narrative well where where have you been taking him i saw you got him i think you got him as he's your like my fifth outfield yeah, he's right? my outfield five and i think both of them outside the, well outside the top 200 i have him ranked yeah. inside the jo- inside the top 200 yeah that's fine i mean outside the top 200 i think kirloff and kalanick are going to be going i don't know inside the top 150 come like late march like i I just think like once the once we see some more batting practice vids and some (laughs) slow-mo vids of of these guys making contact uh let's get some more of them (laughs) but not with uh kirloff because i want that price to stay yeah no videos on kirloff but um (laughs) hopefully somebody just hopefully he doesn't have an instagram it's private like it's locked maybe as soon as like as soon as Kalanick or Kirloff or Andrew Vaughn or Dylan Carlson hit their first spring training home run, like everyone's just going to be like, "Oh my god!" Like, got to get him! Like, got to get him right now. Um, so I, I think outside the top two hundred for Kirloff, that's that's great. I mean, I think he's at at worst he's down for a few weeks in April. Um, I don't. I don't think the twins should mess around with this. I mean, even you know, you, you got to work out some sort of long term extension with him or, or something like that. I mean, he's. I mean, he. Who would you rather have for this year out of Kirloff or Max Kepler? Like, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I it's, it's not that far off. And I yeah. like like you know Dylan Carlson is kind of in that mix too. Where I'd love to get him, but he on the other hand, I feel like I'm getting priced out on and in that range. Well, this, it's loading up on my. Isn't that pitchers. so weird? That's so. It's so weird to me, like how people sort of decide which prospects are just not going to go for any sort of discount, and mm-hmm. which guys are like, like Carlson to me. Yeah, he's safer than those guys because he's going to be on the opening day roster and everything. But um, you know, he's not a better prospect than Kalanick or Kirilov. I think him and Kirilov are about the same, and um, 
it's just yeah, it is, it's interesting how there's like a hundred pick difference between those guys. We talked earlier about the Dodgers adding to their stacked system in that organization. The Rays also doing that with Carlos Colmenares, a lefty hitting shortstop, another teenager. So we've been talking a lot of these youngsters on the show. He was another international signing on, on January 15th of this year. So uh, a new guy kind of into the, the mix here. And it sounds like the ceiling, the offensive ceiling is pretty high. Uh, not a lot of speed, but plus hit, maybe plus power in game. Yeah, I mean, he's got uh, ridiculous left-handed power for a guy his age and, and his size. You know, the one knock I would have on uh, Colmenares is just that he's he's already sort of a little boxy. You know, he, he's kind of like 5'10", um, muscle-bound. But but I think you would have said the same thing um, probably about Wander Franco back when he signed um, just – you know, didn't have that ideal prototypical like six foot, six foot one, six foot two frame. Um, but I mean, the power at at his age is is pretty ridiculous to all fields. And uh, Christian Hernandez with the Cubs, uh, he does have that sort of ideal uh, body type. But I think of those three top J two guys, I think Colmenares swing maybe is sort of the less the the least smooth i think of the three but he he's geared up for loft i mean you can you can totally see that he's going to be a, a home run guy uh, probably from day one and he's a better bet to steal bases than colmenares i just i kind of i trust the bat a tiny bit more with with colmenares but um you know these guys again like they're 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 risky either of these guys could be outside the top 150 in a year um but they could be inside the top 20 in a year as well. So I think you just, you know what you're getting into. Like you shouldn't think of these guys as safe commodities, obviously. Um, but I, I just think if you're, if you're looking for upside and I mean, you should be looking for upside really all the time when you're, when you're looking at prospects and uh, those two guys could, could move up in, in a hurry. Absolutely. A real quick note uh, from BetMGM. sports betters know that magic happens when you turn a hunch into action and apply the right amount of expertise. That's why BetMGM has teamed up with RotoWire to offer new BetMGM customers a free six-month RotoWire subscription when they place their first bet. Register on the BetMGM app or website and use promo code ROTO, that's R-O-T-O, to claim your free subscription. Once you make your first wager, you'll receive a season's length RotoWire's uh, season's length of RotoWire's unmatched sports insight. Find out why BetMGM is the king of sports books by signing up and placing your first bet today. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, and New Jersey only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada and 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia and Tennessee. Call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. James, uh, it sounds like the Reds have a new number one for you. Uh, can you tell us why Reese Hines has jumped to the front of that <coughs> loaded org? <laughs> um. 
Well, part of the reason is because guys like Nick Lodolo um, and Hunter Green aren't looking or weren't looking as great as you might have hoped uh, this past summer. Hunter Green's uh, but, got some workout videos popping up, so watch out. Oh, wow. Um, I might have to adjust that. I didn't see that. Um, but, yeah, uh, keep those vids. Um, keep those vids gone. I do. I still have hope for Hunter Green, but, I mean, like we talked about, just so risky with, with all these yeah. guys. But, but re-signs, um, you know, with him, the, the crazy power has been there. Uh, that's why they drafted him. That's why they – uh, gave him seven figures, but there were just a lot of questions about the hit tool. Um, you know, huge guy. He's athletic. He moves pretty well for his size, but he's just one of those big power hitters where you're always sort of worried until they prove otherwise about the hit tool. Um, but it sounds like he was making contact at a, at a you know better than expected clip during the fall instructional league. And I mean, if he just develops like a 45 grade hit tool uh he'll be uh easy 30 homer guy um if he gets if it's like if he's hitting like 260 then like all of a sudden he's a like you know borderline top 50 pick in fantasy because of the power so um we'll, we'll keep an eye on the strikeout rate i think he'll head to low a this year uh but if i mean if he keeps that strikeout rate in check i mean the, the power is just insane and especially in that ballpark um he's a guy that could move up in a hurry as well Let's talk a little bit about Aaron Schunk, S-C-H-U-N-K, of the Colorado Rockies. Now, he's only played 46 games in pro ball, all at the rookie level, but he has now snuck inside your top 100. He was a second-round pick in 2019. Uh, 23 years old, so you know, you'd know you think, even with that limited pro experience, he might be within striking distance uh, of the bigs, but we know how the Rockies are, uh, and it doesn't sound like they're particularly close on moving you know, Arenado or story. So, uh, maybe a while yet before we see shunk and he's still got a lot to prove. Yeah. You know, he, he has been working out at second base though. Um, so I, you know, I don't think they're going to be able to trade Arenado. Um, but you know, shunk, unlike some of these other guys like McMahon and, and Hampson and, and like Hilliard, like he, he's a hit tool guy. Like he, he's going to hit, uh, he's going to make contact. Uh, the power is sort of more just like, is he going to be 20 homers, 25 homers? Um, and he's a really good defender. Uh, intangibles are great. So I think he's, he's a fairly safe Rockies hitting prospect. And, you know, I think he's maybe a year away from the majors, something like that. But, uh, I think there will be a spot for him. If, if they haven't moved Arnado, it'll be second base. And I don't think he's a guy that you even think about a platoon with. Um, so just getting an everyday player in Coors Field who's not going to strike out at a, at a crazy high clip, uh, it's just going to translate to fantasy value pretty easily. So, um, And he's a guy that I, you know, there's just not a ton of hype on him, but he had a really strong summer um, from, from all the reports I could find. And, uh, just seems like he's kind of on the fast track, fairly safe, uh, and I just think that that profile in Coors Field is is really appealing. You know, I heard our friend Ian Kahn make an interesting point on on his podcast with uh, Nando Defino and Derek Van Riper, just talking about 
you know, how it used to be like, oh, you, uh, Rocky's hitting prospect and cores, you know, I want to get this guy. Now it's like, ugh, Rocky's prospect. You know, they're going to jerk these guys around and uh, give you a headache. But uh sounds like, yeah, there is quite a bit of hope with Aaron Schunk and quite a few reasons to be optimistic about him. Heriberto Hernandez was the guy traded to the Rays in exchange for Nate Lowe. And is, uh, am I mistaken in um, thinking Heriberto Heriberto Hernandez was like the one of the big instruct guys too, like one of the guys who was really impressive and in, instructional ball. Um, I actually I have not seen um, anything specific on him from from instructs. But I could very well be he, mistaken, so don't take that for he was so well. He was a guy that um, the video I saw from him in the the AZL in 2019. It was just really, uh, really impressive. Um, just the you know he has a really violent swing, but it's also he's just so good at at finding the barrel. Um, like it, I, I, I loved what I saw, but I was sort of kind of pumping the brakes about, you know, diving headfirst on him. Um, but I, it, you know, it sort of sounds like the Rays saw sort of what I saw, what other people saw. Um, I know Eric Longenhagen at Fangraphs has been really high on him. And I just, I think that they, they liked his bat enough to have him sort of headline that package. And that sort of kind of gave me um, sort of that nudge to, to sort of fully trust what I saw um, on video of him back in uh, Arizona. So he's a, he's another guy kind of like Michael Bush uh, doesn't really have a good defensive spot to play. Uh, there's a chance that when he first reaches the majors, he'll be catcher eligible uh, probably would need robo umps for him to maintain that eligibility for for too long, but uh, you know, corner outfield DH, you know, it doesn't doesn't really matter if he if he hits like I think he can hit, then then they'll find a spot for him. And um, you know, I'm I'm just excited to see what he does in 2021. Uh, I, I think they might send him to high A, um, and I, I could really see him putting up some some pretty crazy numbers. Guys, I really can't recommend enough checking us out. Obviously, I'm biased, but James has written up prospect outlooks for all these players we're talking about. So um, definitely check it out. I was just glancing over Adam Kloffenstein's. Uh, it sounds like, it, I mean, I, again, I, I'm just kind of giving this outlook a glance over. I haven't read it fully quite yet, but it sounds like he's fully a reliever. No. Oh. Um I see a RP no. listed, but, but um, he does. So he has a, uh, a really great sort of story from the pandemic. Um, you know, obviously most top prospects, like he's, he's my hundredth ranked prospect. Most of the guys inside the top 100 were at their team's alternate training site. He was not, but hmm. I actually think he probably got, better development doing what he was doing than he would have if he'd been at the alternate training site. He was in this uh, like four team indie ball league in Texas that Roger Clemens put together. Hmm. And Roger Clemens actually ended up being his pitching coach uh, during that. And Kloffenstein was four years younger than the next youngest guy in that league. So he was going up against like triple A hitters, quad A hitters, 
uh, guys that have played in Asia. Um, so really just, it's, it's a men's league, basically, um, like a really high end men's, uh, baseball league. Uh, I think I, I saw it referred to as the second best quality of baseball on, wow. the, on the continent. Uh, I had no idea MLB. that even existed. That's insane. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, in Texas, you know, they were able to get fans. And it's so, another, another world. Um, uh, but in Texas, yeah, it, it, I mean, like Kloppenstein was, you know, he was like, uh, teammates with like Fernando Rodney and, um, like he just, it sounds like he really developed a ton. Uh, four seamer was up to 99 sinker was up to 97, um, plus slider. Like I, I saw some quotes from him where he was saying that his goal is to develop five 70 grade pitches, um, oh, wow. which is it, like setting his uh, sights you're high. Gonna, you're not you're not going to develop five seventy grade pitches, but I, I love that that's something you you want to do. Um, and so I I think it was a, a really valuable summer for him, and I'm I'm just really excited to see how it translates um, this year. Yeah, I just at a glance saw like you know ninety nine ninety seven sinker, uh, but yeah, it sounds like that that slider pretty good third offering to help him. Uh, turn the lineup over, and yeah, those other pitches, curveball change, maybe coming along. Control still an issue. Uh, I saw something. Yeah, I don't know what what made me think he was uh, maybe strictly a reliever already at only twenty, but still some still quite a bit of hope for him as a starter. Uh, Wildered Patino, Patino probably uh, one thirty one on your ranks, uh, an ascending high end target. You labeled him. Uh, what can you tell us about Wildard Patino? Yeah, someone I, I tweeted out the rankings before we started recording, and someone asked, like, who are some guys outside the top? Like, this is probably the most common question I get is like, who's someone outside the top 100 that could be inside the top 50 or whatever in, in a year or whatever? Um, and you know, the the easiest answer is usually just like whoever's 101 and whoever's 102 and whoever's 103. Um, but, uh, Wildard Patino and Jonathan Classe, uh, Patino's with the Diamondbacks, Classe's with the Mariners. Those are probably two of my favorite, uh, targets. If you're just, if you're looking for a young hitting prospect with a ton of tools who has the chance to really move up if they, they hit this year, um, class a will be making his stateside debut. Patino had a good showing in the AZL, uh, back in 2019, but they're both potential five category guys. Uh, both, uh, are plus runners. Class a might even be a 70 grade runner. Um, and class a actually reported to instructs, uh, listed at like six foot, um, I think 180, maybe one, 190. And, He'd previously been listed at 5'8", 150. So just really encouraging to know that he's not 5'8 anymore. Um, and he still has that, that plus speed. Uh, Patino was sort of a guy that needed to tap into a bit more power. And it sounds like he, he worked on that this past summer. So uh, those are a couple guys outside the top 100 if you're just looking to, to roll the dice on some hitters with a chance to really move up. Awesome. Well, again, James's updated top 400 prospect list over at rotowire.com, rotowire.com slash free or rotowire.com slash pod. Either one will get you a free 10-day trial. Check them out for yourself. Again, he James has written up outlooks for all these players if you want more information on them. 
James, this is the tool for dynasty players. It's incredibly valuable. Thanks for all the hard work you put in. Uh, anything else on your mind today before we sign off? Uh, not really, man. Um, you got to think of a new hip hop thing, by the way. We kind of just let that slide all year last year. Yeah, I've just been t- just been so busy. Um, uh, yeah, just <laughs> it's been hard to been hard to focus on anything like that. I lost my street cred when I was uh, when I left Kendrick Lamar off my list. <laughs> So people don't care about my opinion anymore. Uh, I'm not. I'm not a aficionado, but I do enjoy my hip hop. Well, Clay's Clay's not trying to impress the, the people on Twitter or. Yeah, I'm, or just a, I'm just a shit. Devin diehard. He's shooting Devin straight. Uh, good talking with you, buddy. Uh, thank you all for joining us. Great to be back. Every Wednesday on the show again, Fridays and Saturdays on SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio. If you want more of James and I talking baseball for two hours, both Fridays and Saturdays on that channel. And we'll be back with you here on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Take care. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.